Welcome to Senior Times Travel Pod, in association with Travel Department. Let's face it, we all love something to look forward to in the dark winter months. The short hop destinations to exciting European cities. Enough time to enjoy, unwind, relax and explore and enough time to leave the food out for the cat. There are so many European cities to go to, it will be hard to get through them all. So much to do, to see, to eat and to drink. And to discuss some of these destinations, I'm again joined by blogger Over the Hilda. How are you, Over the Hilda? I'm very well, Gary. Thank you very much. Uh, To discuss um, some of these travel destinations, Hilda is a blogger and an ambassador for Travel Department, and she has been almost everywhere in Europe. Happened to you? Um, Oh, yes, Gary, definitely. (laughs) Might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but yes, I've done... Lots of uh, short, short trips with uh, travel department. I think we all really enjoy short trips. They're the, you know, they're kind of uh, they're they're long enough to have a, a nice time and brief enough to sort of be back in the swing of things uh, within a few days. It gives you something to look forward to, doesn't it? It does. You can you can fit in several of them a year, which is you know, which is always a good thing. You need a break from the mundane, you know, day to day slog. Though I don't, of course, slog that much anymore being retired but uh yeah no it's always good little getaway to you know get you get you motivated again get back back the the jizz in your step yes uh grab some european history some Mm -hmm. culture absolutely uh, some some wine as i said i've said wine twice now (laughs) okay one of the first uh, or the first place we're going to talk about uh today uh, is in the country of Portugal, although mm-hmm. some people call it Portugal, I've noticed. Oh. Um, I call it Portugal. Um, is Porto, the city of Porto. You have been there. Tell me about Porto. Well, it's funny. I think Porto has just become quite popular in the last few years. And uh, we were absolutely charmed with it. The first thing, I suppose, about Porto is uh, we're, we're very lucky. We're there in, in May and the weather was incredible really really good but it's a it's a beautiful looking city it's a beautiful city to explore it's um got wonderful colors in it that they say the lights different in porto for some reason don't ask me why but everything looked very very colorful very bright yeah vivid vivid even vivid yes and i was the english teacher well done gary (laughs) even even vivid i suppose as, as you said, I, I went with travel department, and while it's a, a guided tour, you're not you're not handheld to the same extent as uh, as the the longer trips. But you are brought from your from from the airport to your hotel, and you're given a short uh, half day, sometimes a day tour of the city to get your bearings. And no matter where you go. Uh, you know, and uh, all over Europe, on your own or whatever, you always need something to to know where you are. Do you ever do a, um, a, a bus tour of a city? Um, well, I haven't done a bus tour as such, but I've been on various tours in various European cities. I was a map man. I was good at maps, uh, reading where I was. Okay, so. I could have done done uh, with you with me then, because <laughs> I'm not good at maps. Um, but travel department. 
they provide guides yeah. and so on. Yeah. So, so the guide the guide gives you the, the overall, you know, view of the city and brings you to the most important places. And then if it's a three three day trip, uh, you're on your own for the rest. But there's always somebody there at the end of a phone if you if you need uh, guidance or extra help. So Porto, is this a medieval city? Is this a well, it's an old, it's a, it's an, it's an old city. It's, um, I suppose, the the first thing I'd I'd say about Porto is there's lots of old buildings, uh, lots of wonderful architecture, both uh, ancient and and modern. That's it's the the blend of the two, which is which is very exciting in, in Porto. And I do like, you know, I like looking at at old churches. One of the churches there, it's absolutely amazing. It looks very little from the outside. I think it's called the. Uh, Francisco, Seo Francisco Church, but it has uh, the inside is completely covered with gold leaf. It's really, really over the top, but fabulous to visit. Um, but the, what we really liked was the modern architecture, believe it or not. And there's the contemporary uh, Muse- Museum of Modern Art, and there was um, that. The gardens in there were incredible, fabulous uh, mo- modern art. You could spend an entire day there because the grounds were also amazing there was a walk through the uh, treetops i know we've got one of those in wicklow now but that was lovely and a poirot style house you know art deco style and beautiful beautiful gardens to, to walk through and then there's another wonderful modern building which was the music hall or casa de musica and that was incredible as well so there's lots of modern and uh, old architecture uh, to see old churches if that's what you're, what you're inter- interested in but for me I like wandering around the streets I like sitting and having my glass of wine oh listen I have to mention the wine you've mentioned it already I'll mention it too do you realize how much a glass of wine cost us in Porto last year I don't two euro fifty and it was a large glass now we like to go to the little uh, you know, Portuguese places, you know, or whatever. So beautiful. So we had lots of them, obviously. <laughs> so you must have been sloshed by lunch. <laughs> yeah, we tried to wait uh, until after lunch to drink, you know. But uh, no, wine is incredible, uh, incredibly priced there. And of course, then, when you're in Porto, you've got to go to the port houses, which, where, where the port is made and bottled and whatever, you know. Uh, and that's, that was an education. In fact, that was included, uh, I think, in the... The, the, the trip and what I did learn from that I'm not a great port drinker but I did learn that uh, our port uh, should be thrown out when we got home we had it far too long um, I would I would have kind of thought that port would would mature oh no it, it basically after if you've opened it I think it's six months and that's it so go home and throw out all those old port bottles now so that's one of the things I learned and I also learned that uh, the port that I've been drinking isn't maybe because it was gone off. I didn't like it, but the port there was very nice. So um, you got a little taster at the end, which is always very nice of your tour, you know. Uh, so that you must do that when you're in Porto, and of course Porto's on the Duro River, and one of the some of the people went on. Actually, we did as well. Went on a little boat trip down the river through the to the end of the, the seven bridges. And it's just, you know, it's just different. You know, when you look at a city from the river, it's always different than, than walking through it. And that was a, a that's well, well worth doing if you go to Porto. Definitely take a, a boat trip. Uh, definitely do the visit to the port wine cellars. Then just 
drink lots of, uh, of, of wine, eat lots of excellent food. But oh, the street art. Every single, every single time you turned a corner, there was amazing street art. That was, you know, uh, like on one side of the building, you'd have a, a large cat and another side. So they're, they're big into their um, street art in Portugal. Um, that was amazing. And then, of course, I never mentioned the, the tiles. That's uh, in Seo Sao Bento uh, Station, which is right in the centre of, of Porto. And the tiles there tell you the stories of the past. And that's definitely worth going into. Beautiful station, by the way. And of course, the weather in Porto um, is out of this world. I mean, in May, it was hot, like really, really uh, warm. Uh, brilliant for walking. You can walk everywhere in, in Porto. Though a taxi from one place to the next uh, would cost you no more than five euro for, you know, right through Porto. Very, very reasonable. So, so I'm getting a feeling of value. Oh, very, very good value. Um, the I think the, you know, eating out, you would probably spend half the price for a really good meal. We ate in local um, local restaurants full of Portuguese, but very, very good value. And the, actually, the hotel we stayed in was superb. It was very, um, it was right beside a, a market. And the market had all of these um, wonderful um, eateries, in it and you could go and you'd sit uh, or buy your food and sit anywhere but it was really really good food F- again full of Portuguese and wonderful wonderful wine so that's that was right beside the hotel um, you could walk anywhere. we walked everywhere we never got a taxi once um, of course there's also a very good uh, underground and a very good uh, tram system in, in uh, Porto so it's um you know, it's yeah, it's it's one of my. It's probably one of the most uh, cleanest cities I've I've visited. Mind you, I'll say the same about Lisbon next. I mean, when you go to Dublin, you know, you're always so disappointed with the with the streets, aren't you? They, they seem to look after their their cities. Well, now more better. than ever, unfortunately. But um, Portugal, we're in the Iberian Peninsula, so. That's Porto. I only ever knew Porto as a football team. Mm. Uh, yeah, and, ah, um, that's a good <laughs> point. Because when, when we were there, there was a huge street festival. And uh, the, uh, what's the, Porto, what's the, what are they called again? Porto El, what's the name of the Porto? FC Porto, is it? FC Porto. FC Porto. Yeah. They had won the European Cup, was it, last year? So there was, streets were full of people celebrating it. They won the European Cup under Jose Mourinho in 2004. Okay. What did they win last year then? They probably won the Europa Cup. Europa Cup. Okay. I'm not a soccer. Well, I'm not a whatever. Although it could have been an international match. Yeah. No, they won won something huge. Oh, sorry. Do you know what it was? They won the local Portuguese, whatever you call it. La Primera, I think it's called. Yeah, La Primera. Yeah, that's what it is. And the streets were full of people celebrating. Mm -hmm. And that was a great atmosphere in the place. So moving to Lisbon, what of Lisbon? It sounds like a very regal old uh, place that's kind of mentioned in films like Casablanca. They get the flight to Lisbon. Yes. (laughs) It has this quality of of grandeur. Is it? Uh, Lisbon is 
again, a beautiful city. Like, um, the one thing I'll say about visiting probably any European country that, that is, you know, has uh, in cobbled streets and tiled streets, Lisbon has amazing tiled streets, is you must wear flat footwear uh, or runners because I saw people in Lisbon trying to walk in, in heels and uh, ending up on their on their backside, particularly when, when the weather, when it was a bit wet or something. But um, the one thing I suppose you could mention about, I could mention about Lisbon is that there's just so much to see in such a short time. What about the wine? Uh, <laughs> let's talk more about that. I'm interested in that. Um, well, we've discussed how, how, what great value the wine is. And how nice and how uh, Oh, Portuguese wine. Because mm. it's near where the Douro wine valley is, isn't it? It it's, is. And in yeah. fact, I'm glad you reminded me, you can do uh, a trip down the, the Douro uh, to the vineyards. Uh, you can do day trips. Or obviously, you can do longer trips as well if you wanted. I would think it's well worth spending one day going on, on a little trip down the Douro and to, to the vineyards. More tasting of wine. Wonderful. It sounds mm. like I'd never get out of there. Um, <laughs> and as a matter of interest, Hilda, get, getting there, it's only a two-hour flight from I, Dublin? I think it's about two, two and a half hour. Very short. Very, very short. And of course, when you get uh, to the airport, it's, you know, it's, quite, it's only a, uh, a short uh, trip into, into the city. And of course, you're collected uh, by the travel department rep and given a little uh, orientation uh, briefing and whatever so it's 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 perfect the one thing i must say about all of these uh, european cities is you know you really need to wear uh, walking shoes sensible shoes because the the footing underground would be you know uh, in as in these old cities uh, tiled or uh, cobblestone yeah, not so, designed for stilettos not, certainly not designed for stilettos mm. and you could also probably get away with just a, a, a you know a, a carry on bag with you know for your just it's you're there to sample it's not you don't have to dress up the same way anymore do you no. when you're away so you know just a pair of flat shoes and of course you can wear flat shoes with dresses and everything nowadays not that you would know that Gary but there you are so yeah that's the the main thing is uh just bring uh good sensible shoes as my mother would have said um you know uh, to these to these cities but that makes total sense total sense and a recommendation out of 10 oh I'm I'm gonna probably say uh Porto was a nine to ten, nine to ten. Yes, I'm trying not to be so, give them all tens, you know, uh, as in a dancing competition or something. You know, Porto, I'd go back there. I mean, it's, you know, even though it's a compact city, it's just a beautiful city for a weekend or a short, a short break. So it's, and it's well worth returning to. Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations. Are you interested in trying a new smartphone but still a little unsure? Do you want a phone that offers larger icons with louder sound and an interface that has technology designed for seniors? Well, why not choose from the Doro range by simply visiting doro.ie? Doro, make friends with innovation. We're going to move slightly south down uh, the, um, the coast of Portugal to Lisbon, which is the capital. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lisbon, 
you have been there as well, have you? Yes, uh, I've been to Lisbon. It's a very similar city in, in many ways. Uh, tiled buildings. I mean, that's the, the one thing. Yeah, these blue and white tiles. I can never pronounce. I think it's Azulera or something. I can never pronounce the word. Um, beautiful tiled buildings. Uh, it's quite. It's a much larger city now than, than, than uh, Porto. And you wouldn't walk... Lisbon, the way you'd walk Porto. But the very good news is that it's got an excellent transport system. And when we were there a few years ago, I think you got a a travel pass for the day for something like seven euro or something. And you could go on all of the the trams, the metro, uh, you know, the, the whole lot and travel all day up and down the the uh, the city. Of course, um, Lisbon's the, the capital. Um, the other thing about Lisbon is the one thing not to miss is the 28, number 28 tram up to the Alfama district. It, it's up a huge, huge hill. And, you you know, the tram just takes you right through one of the oldest, the oldest parts of Lisbon. And, you you know, you never walk it up uh, up uh, because no matter how fit you are it's you know it's, it's narrow footpaths and it's they're tiled you know so that's the number 28 uh, definitely as well as the, the, the flat shoes uh, remember the tiled streets and the number 28 uh, tram to get you up to the top uh, of the hill in Lisbon which is super um, the the main thing about Lisbon, uh, apart from the wonderful tiled um, buildings, is that it's got incredible food. Um, very some some wonderful tapas bars, some wonderful fish restaurants. Um, we ate very well in Lisbon. So if you're a foodie, uh, I would say Lisbon is a wonderful city to visit. Um, yeah, lots to see in in, in Lisbon. Um, I didn't mention the wonderful. Uh, Pasti de nata tarts. Uh, they're made in Bellum, just near the uh, famous uh, Geronimus Monastery. And um, we did visit the cafe, and it's all beautifully tiled again, but there's a huge queue to get in. So we just found ourselves a tiny little cafe down the road that served them. Um, just as beautiful, just as pretty. We're not great que- queuers, Graham and I. We don't like queuing, so we weren't going to queue just for, to to uh, get a, a tart in there, you know. Oh, you know what actually is there? A wonderful museum. And I, uh, it's called the Gulbenkian or something museum. Another thing for, we were there over the weekend. It's free on Sundays, which is a, an, an interesting point to make as well. That's that, it, you, you would spend an entire day in there. It had some Irish it had some Irish uh, artists in there. I think it had some, I can't remember what we saw. I think it was Yates, Jack B. Yates. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe an Orpen as well. But we did find them. It's so much to see uh, in in uh, Lisbon. Um, we just walked uh, around more than anything else and took the trams and uh, enjoyed the, uh, the, the the wonderful food and wine. Okay, so again, it's a it's a place of great culinary delights. Yes, good value. Good value. Uh, a lot of culture. Mm-hmm. A lot of culture. And a lot of street culture. A lot of street culture. Yes, again, lots of lots of um, uh, street art. 
they're, they're big in, into that in, in Portugal, more so than we are here. And there's even a street art tour that you could have taken if you so wished. Yeah. Um, so yeah. they value this. Yeah, they do value it. Yeah. Yes, my sense, having been in Portugal myself, just on holidays, in a summer holiday type thing, uh, was always that they're very warm people and oh. uh, quite, uh, dare I say it, um, unaffected and just genuine. Absolutely. In fact, when we were in Porto um, and we were eating in uh, that large uh, uh, place beside the hotel, which, which had all these different um, different restaurants in it, uh, a Portuguese lady sat down beside us and talked to us and gave us the best place to get the sunset and the best, you know, where we must not miss and spent, I'd say, half an hour telling us uh, about uh, how wonderful Porto was and how much she, how proud she was of her city. I mean, you know, because you were sitting uh, in group kind of settings in some of the, in, in, in this place, you could, you know, somebody could sit down right beside you and tell you this. So it was a, it's, yeah, a hugely friendly people. And that was true of Lisbon uh, as well. If you stop and look for directions, yeah, no problem. And they speak, of course, most of them speak excellent English. Uh, and getting there, it's not too much further down the coast from Porto, so it's only an extra few minutes. To I'd find. say another uh, another half hour to you know maybe 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 three hour flight. Very 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 um, very uh, short flight. The other thing about Lisbon is there's so much to see around it. There's you can take day trips to uh, Sintra and Cascais. Now we didn't do that. But I know a lot of people who were on the trip with us did. We found enough to, to see in Lisbon. But you can go up the coast uh, to these wonderful um, towns as well, which were seemingly well worth seeing. And the uh, from an accommodation point of view, oh. plenty of good places to stay? Yeah, well, we were put up, obviously, because we were with the travel department. The hotel was absolutely excellent. Um, wonderful... Uh, uh, breakfast you're always on a, b- a bed and breakfast basis in mm. these mm. Uh, three day trips or four day trips which gives you a chance to explore the city uh, y- yourself you know and go out and eat in the evenings but the breakfasts were fabulous yeah good continental type breakfasts so Lisbon uh, would probably be another nine to ten yeah I think I preferred Porto to Lisbon because maybe of the uh, of its size and Lisbon you know, it was a few years ago, so I can't remember it quite as well as Porto. But uh, yeah, eight, nine, nine for Lisbon, I'd say. Yeah. Okay. Now we're going to move into the middle of the Iberian Peninsula and Salamanca. Now. This sounds like quite an unusual type of... I, I wasn't even aware that a tour really existed in to Salamanca. So, yes, and it's... Goes to show what I know. <laughs> <laughs> but Salamanca was a... Very interesting um, city. It's just west. You fly into Madrid and it's just uh, west of Madrid. And the first, either at the very beginning or the very end of your trip to Salamanca, you get a tour of Madrid as well with, with a guide, which is lovely. It's stop-offs in various places. You'll, you'll always have have uh, places to visit, you know, uh, uh, to see from outside. Um and Salamanca is uh, a university town and home to the fourth oldest university in the world. And the university itself was, you know, the best reason 
for visiting Salamanca. It's just so beautiful. I mean, I know we think that Trinity is beautiful and that uh, Oxford has beautiful universities, but oh, Salamanca was so out of this So you fourth world. oldest in the world. What yeah. does what does that date from? The, the oh, now that's a good question. I should have looked that up, shouldn't I? Remember, it must it. be at least the the fourteenth. Oh uh, yeah. Century. Oh absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, it's certainly the fourteenth century. Yeah, or, or or earlier even. It's really really beautiful. Um, the we stayed very. The great thing about Salamanca was we were staying right beside the old town in, um, I think it was the Alameda Palace Hotel, uh, which is just a few hundred metres from the centre of the, the old part of the town. And 10 minutes walk from the, the Playa Mayor, which is a beautiful square in the centre, which is based on St. Mark's Square in Venice. Uh, similar uh, architecture. Uh, without the water, of course, and without the very high prices of Venice. So that's a, that was a plus. Um, so it was a wonderful place to just sit and people watch. There were lots of uh, hen parties going on uh, uh, around the area. So we remember we, we sat there for hours just just gazing around. Hen sitting. parties? Hen parties, yeah, local uh, hen parties. Uh, local, local hen not parties. full of... Tourists no, 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 local hen parties. Yeah, they still Darlington. do the they still do the same things. They must they must do it worldwide. You know, dressing up and going around with the the bride going around with her her funny veil and and whatever. Um, so what else was there about about uh, oh Salamanca had the coolest Zara store I have ever been in. Zara is featuring prominently in this as well. So it's obviously a big big thing in Spain. A big yes. It is Spanish. It is Spanish. Yeah, it is Spanish. And that's the other thing, of course, if you are away in Spain and you fancy places like uh, doing a little bit of shopping, they are, you know, there are better bargains, certainly, mm. and more more, more choice, let's put it that way. More, You'd see more over there than you would here. But this Zara was interesting because it was built uh, inside an old convent. So you had all of the walls of the old convent and you had glass in front of them and so it was a, a mixture, a, a merge, a blend of modern and ancient. And, and is that the same? Because that was the same in, Port, in Portland. No, 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 that, that, that's just, uh, that was just here in, uh, in Lisbon. Okay. Yeah, that was just here in Lisbon. Um, it was just incredible. I've never seen anything like it. And I mean, I was looking at the clothes, but I was, you know, equally looking at the, the fabulous old walls and columns of, of of the the convent even graham managed uh, to come in and do a little bit of gazing around uh, at the at the convent walls uh, that was that was superb the that two i think it had two cathedrals and one was more modern than the other one was for one was for uh, weddings used for weddings and one was more for for going to going to mass but it was just a beautiful you know when you're going to a, a university town it's full of life with students mm. that's what i loved about salamanca that it was there was just such energy uh, in the place but that's only one part of that trip that we did uh salamanca uh, we stayed i think we were there for five nights and we it was used then as a a, a way to visit other places such as a villa and that was 
maybe half an hour away, an hour away, I'm not exactly sure, but the most wonderful walled city and beautifully preserved. And even when you're driving up to it, you can practically see the, you know, the, 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 the entire walls of the city. And it had something, uh, you know, something like nine um, gates, uh, medieval gates, and then it had Gothic palaces inside. And one, one part of it was more beautiful than the next. Now, it's very famous, and I know some of the people in our group were very interested in St. Teresa. Teresa, she was born there, and there was obviously places to visit in there where she was born. St. Teresa being? I have no idea, Gary. <laughs> uh, so you better look that one up before you go. If you uh, yeah, she's well, obviously a, a, well, she's a saint. She's, she's a saint, yes. Beatified and deified. Yes, yes, she is, but I have no idea what she's a saint of. I probably should have checked that. I wasn't that interested in the saint. I was actually more interested in the the wonderful uh, Gothic facades of the palaces and how well preserved they were, and uh, the whole the whole city itself, the whole uh, the whole walled city was beautiful. You use that term preserved. Salamanca must have come under some significant fire from hostile forces over the years. Yes, and it's that's actually very interesting because. Uh, Salamanca was very much a sandstone, uh, lots of sandstone buildings. And one of the things about that I liked about Salamanca is they, uh, any new buildings were, um, they had the same sandstone okay. exterior, which g- gave a wonderful uh, feeling of continuity uh, in the place. And then as well as uh, a villa, we went to another place, uh, Valdeloid, which is... Valladolid. Oh. It's actually what it's called, yes. Thank you. And the only reason I know that... How do you know that? Because of the football. Oh. I used to... They have a football team as yes, well. Yes, I used to refer to it as uh, Valladolid. <laughs> Which is nearly as good as what I said there. And then a Spanish person said to me, there are no, eh, no, no evis in the Hespain. Okay, give it to me again. The literal spelling of it is Valladolid. Okay, yes, it is. But... Um, the way they say it is Bayodoli. But well worth it. An unusual destination, Salamanca. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot to, lot to see in the surrounding area. And then, of course, um, you had the, the, the Madrid uh, at, the, at the beginning or the end as well, which is, if you haven't been, you get, you get a taste from Madrid. And we actually went back to Madrid then to spend some time after we visited for that uh, that first time. Yes, well, that was, of course, the centre of the colonial world at one it point. Was. And uh, a fairly majestic and intimidating place. Mm. <laughs> I was there, but um, only in the inside of bars. So I don't actually remember. <laughs> it was too short of a weekend that I, I was there. Uh, okay, well, so that's uh, Porto, Lisbon and Salamanca. So now we are moving our attentions from uh, the Iberian Peninsula to... Italy, and we're going straight to Rome. Hilda, you have been, I have been in Rome. I think most people have been in Rome. So what was Rome like for you? Rome, now it is uh, several years since I've been in Rome and the memory isn't what it used to be. But what I remember about Rome is that uh, we walked everywhere. We walked to the Vatican. We walked uh, all around uh, the, 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 the main old city if you like and I the, what I remember is that we had an incredible guide going around the old Roman forum or the, the rubble 
you know which you would need oh because there is so much stuff to say it is an historic city yeah <laughs> an understatement an understatement and you just don't know what you're looking at unless you've got something okay you can carry a guidebook but then you're looking at the guidebook you're not looking mm. at you know uh what you're supposed to be looking at so uh the guide was amazing and we brought the, the Colosseum all around there and then back to the Roman Forum, uh, all of the places that, uh, you know, that, that, that you wouldn't know what they were unless you were, it was explained to you. And it's all these little tidbits, all these little uh, one-liners that make such a difference when you're visiting a city like Rome. You'd miss, uh, you'd miss all of that. Now, um, the main part, that the one memory I have of Rome, which is is actually the English cemetery, the English Protestant graveyard, and that was a little oasis in the middle of the city, and we stumbled on it by accident, and it is just out of this world. So if anybody's going to Rome, I would recommend you find where that is and uh, go and have a little little. It's it's just. It's so quiet and there's birds singing and all around it then there's, there's traffic. Because, of course, the Italians are mad drivers, aren't they? I mean, you, you need to look after yourself when you're... When you're uh, that's why you can't be looking at a guidebook and crossing the road. You need a guide with you for, for some of the stuff. Um, the English cemetery, Keats and Shelley, I think, are both buried there and other famous uh, people who lived in Rome at the time. So that would be, that and the food and, and the wine uh, were, <laughs> yes, I know, a common, common theme would be what I would remember most uh, about, about Rome. But you were there, so go on, you tell I me. I was, I was there in 2002. Um, you mentioned the, the Colosseum. The Colosseum, interestingly, is the, the kind of benchmark uh, and the, the sort of prototype of all stadiums everywhere. Oh. All stadiums that you see, the construction of stadiums, what they're designed to do, are based on the Colosseum. Okay. Um, it is probably the most influential building in the history of sport. Now that's very interesting. Uh, and it, the, the reason it was designed to be able to get people out, and I think it was all the Romans out, within about 90 seconds um it was certainly somewhere i can't quite remember the exact time but it was an incredibly short time about uh, and certainly no more than five minutes it was designed to to get everybody to an exit because it had so many exits in it yeah so the way it was designed when you're there it's got a very modern feel to it yeah Uh, ironically you you can see it, it it looks like you know, it could be reconstructed for a World Cup. Mm. I mean, it looks like it's already lent itself. Yeah. Uh, to to it shows you how clever the Romans were. I mean, they did so much, didn't they? Uh, yeah, they were. Uh, They're pretty pretty clever bunch. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they pretty pretty um, in, in incredible ingenuity mm. and longevity to mm. to what they've done. Um, but I also learned they. I think they used to. I think that you know it's where they went to the gladiators obviously mm. to for entertainment uh, and uh, it had to be good entertainment and they drank wine and they um relieved did everything else the walls <laughs> and, uh, did whatever so uh, and and then you know viewing the the you know you, you can see the underneath part of the of yes the that was fascinating wasn't it where the lines yeah. were kept where the lines were kept that, yeah. that. so it was it was an extraordinary 
What I can't get over about the whole Rome experience, it is how extraordinarily modern it feels for a city that is incredibly old. And I don't mean modern as in it's got modern buildings. It mm. doesn't. The whole place feels incredibly fresh, incredibly alive, vibrant. It's as if all of this history in quite a low-key way is saying, yeah, you come and look at us because mm. we're not going anywhere. Yeah. I had this very strong sense of, of just it, that history being alive and present on the streets. It's not trying to impress you as such. It's just so... It's very warm. Mm. That's what I found about this. There's an atmosphere that it's not a kind of, you know, these are all these austere old buildings that, you know, are part of history and you must, you know... They almost felt like they were inviting you in. Inviting you in. Yeah, there's a, there's a warmth about Rome that I, I, I felt as well. Um, uh, what did you think of the Vatican then? Did you do all that? Uh, very poorly I, constructed. Very uh, poorly constructed, yeah. The Vatican, well, St. Peter's Square, which you can just walk up anyway. Uh, that's good. Um, that's that impressive. Is an, an extraordinary experience because mm. the... The, the atmosphere there as well is just it's 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 so calming mm. it's so strangely otherworldly but in a good way you really feel like you're at the center of the universe now I have to say it must have been constructed with that in mind uh, because I don't think it's an accident that you feel like that but there is an incredible sense of again it's probably the the linchpin of the entire city experience mm. uh, I, I thought uh, and I felt like um, I felt like I was breathing in kind of divine air, but I don't mean of God. <laughs> even. I don't mean of the Catholic version of God. I just mean uh, there was something yeah. deeply spiritual about the spiritual place. about it. Yeah, I think Rome is somewhere that everybody should visit if they have the chance at all, isn't it? And again, it's it's a pretty um, these European cities. I mean, most of them are very, very safe, aren't they? People shouldn't be afraid of visiting uh, cities like that. Mm. The only city that I felt, uh, and it's years since I've, I've been, and I was, we were there on our own, was Barcelona, where you need to take extra care of your purse. One of the most amazing things about Rome, as well, uh, that we stumbled on, and I didn't actually know it existed there, was the Pantheon. Mm. The Pantheon, which was uh, constructed. Uh, for um, to view the gods, I think, two thousand years ago, uh, but it's got no. There's a kind of hole in hole the, in the, the liver right. hole yeah. in the middle. Yeah. Uh, so so you can uh, you can basically converse with the gods. Converse with the gods. Yeah. You did that, I presume. Well, I do all the time anyway. But <laughs> I, I just uh, I did it. That was utterly majestic, mm. and again, it had this incredible sense that. This place is just so beyond and above anything you can possibly mm. imagine. But within that, you, 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 you're, you're invited into the awe of it. You're not made feel small. Mm. You're kind of made feel quite big. You're almost made feel like you are part of this too. You are part of creation. Yeah. That's the feeling I got without being to sound too, um, too, too navel-gazing about it. <laughs> <laughs> Easy to get around. You can walk everywhere. Uh, I would say to anybody, make sure you know where you've got to go and eat, which I know the travel department uh, can provide all of that information. Well, when you have a, a tour guide who's there, you know, at your beck and call, even though it's, you know, you've only maybe one day of, of actual tours, 
you have a phone number. You have a, she's there. In some cases, they meet you every morning if they if at breakfast and go around. Depends on where you are and ask if you've got any questions. But that's the great thing about traveling with a company like Travel Department. Mm. There's always somebody at the end of a phone to answer your queries. So getting to Rome, my memory was it's a about two two hour two forty minute flight. Yeah. I was going to say just under three hours. Yeah. Yeah. Again, very accessible, isn't it? I mean, you know, uh, you can get there. You're not too far, I don't think, from the airport to the to the city as well. And you're well. picked up at the airport as well. Oh, you're picked up. You're brought to your hotel. You're given, you know, whatever tours are organized for you, you're told about and everything. And you're picked up at the end of the trip and brought to your hotel, uh, brought to the airport also, which is, you know, Wonderful to know. Wonderful to have that security when you're traveling, particularly nowadays. Well, there are so many places in Rome to go. Uh, we haven't even mentioned Castle d'Angelo, the Villa Borghese, the Spanish Steps. Spanish Steps, the Trevi Fountain. The Trevi Fountain. Oh, it's all there. It's all there. Everything yeah, is there. Lots to, um, lots to see. Uh, lots to see and lots to do. Yeah. Which brings us to our final destination today, which is uh, Lake Garda. Lake Garda. Yeah, so. Oh, Absolutely. What a beautiful, beautiful place. Yeah, the pictures look um, enticing. They're, they're very enticing. Um, now, there's, I know that uh, travel department do lots of different trips to Lake Garda in different times of the year, uh, Christmas, uh, New Year, and during the summer. But I would say, actually, try and avoid heading, you know, in the high season to any of these places. I know they do. They don't uh, bring you during high season. They bring you just off season, which is great. But Lake Garda is a must trip for any traveller. So much to see there. It's such a huge tour. Like you go to Verona, you go to Venice, and you see all the wonderful little towns around Lake Garda. The most wonderful guide. Highly recommend the travel department guides there. They're hand-picked, hand-chosen. You know, just just uh, incredible. And the big thing in Verona is the amphitheatre, which is still used. It's it's incredibly preserved and it's still used for opera during the summer. And uh, the other thing, which was less, uh, I wasn't that impressed with it, it was Juliet's Balcony, um, which is full oh, of Oh, Romeo and Juliet. Oh, Romeo and yeah. Juliet. But, the, uh, but you have to see it. You know, when you're somewhere, you just got to see these places. Um, but the amphitheatre is out of this world. And then, of course, the most incredible tour of Venice, a one-day tour. So you stay uh, somewhere on Lake Garda, wherever there's different places that you can stay that they, they have. And then you do your tour of Venice with the most... It's the most incredible because Venice is very expensive. So when you're actually going with travel department, you're getting the best of everything and you're not, you know, you're not staying there. You mean it spends hundreds a night to stay in Venice. It's um, whereas the value in the travel department trips, you wouldn't do it on your own. You would never you, you would spend so much more. That's why uh, guided travel is, uh, as far as I'm concerned, the way to go. And for Lake Garda, you would fly into Milan? Uh, Milan, uh, I'm trying to think now. They, they, they fly into different places. Uh, Milan was one of the places. I think we could have... Uh, I think we flew into Venice one of the times as well. Mm. Uh, and the, you know, then they do the tour of Venice the first day because you're out early in the morning. So it depends which way, which way it works. But it's uh, the several different tours. I mean, that's one of their most popular uh, trips, I think, the Lake Garda trip. I'm sure it is. It's mm. uh, it's it's the place where uh, I think a lot of uh, well-off 
footballers and uh, film stars and oh, have houses they, on Lake Garden. On Lake Garden. You've made it if you've got a house there. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's beautiful. I can see why they want to live there. So, I mean, there are so many others and hopefully we'll get to talk about uh, other destinations around Europe. Well, hopefully I get to go on them first. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Gary. It's been a delight. I travel virtually with you. Uh, I don't need to get into your suitcase. I actually travel virtually with you. Whatever you say, I've been there. Thank it's you, It's been a pleasure talking to you, Hilda. Thank you. On will phone poke a new wet, on will knappy no fum nis orja wet, nis eskalehusaj, faker na phone in takata gwin, on cho, egg daro, on von klishte is dani, gidi gohan la hai glina, agus taskina, ta rod egen, gogachtina, ta nismo olis, egg, daro, dot com.